welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. And let me be the first to wish you a, a happy Thanksgiving. Unless you're listening to it afterwards, then happy Thanksgiving next year, I suppose. Um, let's just dive right into it. Um, hopefully I sound better. I was doing a FL Teams Live Power Ranking show and uh, literally thought I was going to die of a coughing attack. I don't know what it... What it's been, it's just an annoyance, uh, and the coughing gives you a migraine in the back of your head, but I'm I'm mostly over it. Um, yeah, it's, it stinks when you're like, you're not sick, but you're just right there. You're, you're not 100%, especially if you have to try to record an audition <laughs> during that. <clears throat> but hey, what are you going to do? Um, I did just today get, get some more uh, auditions uh locked in so uh those are not going to be recorded until my throat's 100 percent, and i've got some time to get there so we will uh <laughs> we'll be doing that soon that's fun i've been looking for more and more you know it's one of those things where uh as someone who doesn't have an agent you're always like ah, i'm looking for the next thing and i say that but I realized it more when I was, you know, wrapping up shooting women want everything and everyone's like, oh, what do you want to next? I'm like, oh, God, I got to get another job if I want to try to keep acting, huh? Like maybe you must be nice to have an agent. Right. Just, oh, here's what you got to audition for here. Blah, blah, blah. Be nice. One day. One day. Anywho, let's talk about uh, today's episode with Gary Maselli. Uh, he is an actor, writer, producer, just a creative person. He does a lot of impressions and voiceover work, which I'm jealous of because I can't do any of that shit. Um, you've, if you really listen, you've heard him play a couple Looney Tune characters on uh, little bumpers in this podcast. Um, he also, we we talk about this. He performed a one man Star Wars show uh, at college, <clears throat> in college. And uh, he did a condensed version, but 45 minutes of, like, the first Star Wars movie on stage all by himself. Um, so we talk a little bit about that. I won't ruin that. Um, <clears throat> fun guy. Uh, had a fun talking to him. Uh, continue to, to, to talk with him. He sent me, you know, a couple of those little teasers that I've, that I've played. Um, you know, well, I'm I'm sure uh, if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear more from Gary in the future. But uh, fun sitting down with him. I like um, if you see the the uh, the promo, uh, you know, Instagram post, photo, whatever that I'm going to put on IMDb and all that stuff. His background behind him is is probably the most similar, not in any way, uh, you know, like that similar, but got all these baseballs and stuff behind him uh so i'm like oh cool i just usually you know i've, I've got kind of a, a, a you know busy background with uh pennants and stuff like that so it was nice having someone else with a sports background behind him uh so we t- we talk about a lot of things um 
Um, we probably could have talked for another few hours. That's, uh, you know, just uh, I, I think there are things I didn't even cover with him that I probably figured I would just because we just kind of got locked into several different conversations uh, and uh, was a good time. So hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> I hope also you've downloaded the Ibotta app and you're enjoying that. Yes, this podcast is sponsored by Ibotta. It's the cash back shopping app that earns you cash back on things you're already going to buy. You can earn discounts at dozens of retailers. All you got to do, download the app, use the link below to get your special introductory offer. And then just all you got to do is just buy things you're already going to buy and click on them in the app and you get cash back for it. It's that easy. Use the link below. Start earning cash back for things you're already going to buy. This episode is also sponsored by Flaviar. Drinking spirits is expensive. I should know. Instead of dropping bank on a bottle you're not sure you'll absolutely love, expand your palate with Flaviar's ever-changing collection of spirits. This member's club curates an extensive collection that's complete with everything from the big brand classics to offerings from smaller craft distillers with personalized recommendations based on your current likes and dislikes and one complimentary tasting box every quarter. Their selection eclipses what you'll find at local liquor stores and bars, totaling thousands, all documented in the Flaviar app along with visualized tasting notes. Members also get special pricing and shipping is free on everything, so when you stumble on a bottle and you need more of it, it'll arrive right to your door. Use the link below to get a special discount for being a listener of this fine podcast. All right. Enjoy myself and Gary Maselli. I'll see you on the flip side. All right, everybody. I'm now very pleased to welcome Gary Maselli on the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Gary? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Technically, it's your second appearance on the on the podcast. Yes. Maybe yeah. even by the time I play this, maybe even your third or fourth. I don't know. Fourth, fifth, sixth, hundredth. <laughs> We'll we'll see how long before this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, for people who don't know and don't check the IMDb page, uh, I played I played a little promo clip that uh, Gary recorded with uh, some Looney Tunes voiceovers uh, in yeah. it. Um, so only people who actually listened to that full episode got it at the end. I don't even remember what episode it was, um, but you can go on IMDb and find out, listener. Yeah. Um, and while you're there, rate. Rate rate it ten stars. Rate the podcast. Rate this episode ten stars too. You know what? Rate it eleven out of ten. Yeah, if you can, if you can figure out a way to do it, I mean, <laughs> it would be the highest rated episode if we got an eleven. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Gary, you uh, you're you're a, a jack of all trades, kind of, uh, right? I mean, yeah, actor, yeah. writer, everything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I try to um, I try to not limit myself and to be cre as creative as possible. Because I think inherently, like I, I know, like you do stand up and like 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 there's something with entertainment people that have just so much to give. And I don't think it's I don't think people should limit themselves to just one thing. I know a lot of actors say, "Oh, I'm you know I'm just an actor. I just do acting." But I think that's you know that's really limiting. Um, I know actors that you know they paint, they draw, they do voiceover, they they you know they they do other things. So I think creative people inherently just have so much to give, and I think 
as a creative, you should just explore all the different avenues that that could be helpful to, helpful to you and inspiring. Yeah, it's um, the, the journey I've been on the last couple of years, really, where where it's kind of like I'm just going to meddle in everything I can. And then, A, I'm going to see what maybe I'm best at. B, I'm going to see what I enjoy the most. And C, I'll find out if I can make money doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, right. A combination yeah, of, of those three things are are important to find. Um, right. Well, yeah, it's if you don't if you don't try different things, how are you gonna know? Like I I didn't. I'll say this: if you'd asked me 10, 20 years ago if I was gonna do any of the things I'm doing, I'd say probably acting. I've always thought I I could act. I just you know I I took it and I was doing an acting class with some agency back when I was 21 years old and I chose to uh, chase skirts instead of finish the class. Uh, of course. And, and I always course. thought, you know, I, I, I was the best in that class. Anytime we did an audition in, in the class, I, I would win hands down. So I'm like, I, I had some untapped potential. So I think I, I, and I just recently finished shooting on my first feature film. That's Fantastic. Yeah. And it's, it's like, all right, now I, I did it and it was fun. So now I want another, now I'm hungry for another role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but again, it's one of those things that if you just don't open yourself up to everything, you're not going to find out what, what you actually enjoy doing and what maybe you're best at because entertainment's such a, it's all so interconnected, no matter which right. area you specialize in. <laughs> Yeah, it all has that just line of performance. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, whatever it's, if you're a makeup artist, if you're a costume designer, if you do model miniatures, it's it's all, if you do stand-up, it's all just performing. Yeah, it's, and the funny thing, when, when I'm on set, and I'm sure you've experienced this, you talk to the, the guy doing the, the sound, you talk to the guy doing lighting, you talk they're all writing stuff. They're all acting and stuff. Oh yeah. They're, oh yeah. You know, it's, they're, they're kind of in the same thing. They maybe are more focused on just cinema, but right. They're still, they, they, they got their hands in a million different things because it's, it's also, uh, yeah, you, you might be special at something, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the other things too, or you might of, be special of, at multiple things. <laughs> of, of course, of course. And I don't think, um, if you enjoy something, you don't have to take it too seriously. You know, you, you could say, I love to paint, but I don't want to do this full time. I just want to do it as a hobby. And that's such a great way of expressing yourself. I think that's what entertainment is, is just expressing, expressing yourself. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I found with stand-up, is it's like, it's fun to do on occasion. I would die if I tried to be like one of those road comics. Like, I'd be, yeah. I'd be doing all the drugs that were offered to me. I'd be sleeping with bad bad women uh i'd be yeah. uh, I'd, I'd be drinking the same amount uh <laughs> but, of course but yeah i'd end up dead in, in a, a a year or two if i was a road comic um because i i think that would just be the natural progression of things so better for me if i stick to acting and and podcasting i don't know that podcasting really limits that that lifestyle the bad lifestyle but yeah and 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 at you know, I definitely think there is um, there's a lesson in in pacing yourself. Um, I think pacing yourself is extremely important. Like I know, like I know some of these comics and some of these singers that go out there and say we're doing a 200 uh, city tour in you know 80 days, and I'm like, 
you you should pace like people should pace themselves yeah and just enjoy the process yeah, it, it's funny. I, I, I and that's what I'm. I'm almost battling now. Is I realize as a you know as a fifty percent single father, you know, yeah, uh, it's tough enough when I'm shooting a movie that was only shooting on weekends because I have my kids every other weekend. Yeah, and um, luckily the schedule worked out where most weekends I had the kids. There was some reason we couldn't shoot anyway, so it was it was drawn out for a while. Um, which made my hair throughout the movie a little concerning to me, but hopefully nobody yeah. notices the the weird changes in my hair length. <laughs> the beard, no beard, beard, no. Just, well, that was the only continuity thing, just goes out the window. That was the only thing I controlled. I had I was playing a southerner, so I shaved like sideburns right here every Friday before we'd shoot. I'd yeah. shave the sideburns in, although they were much thicker at the end than they were at the beginning. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's bound to That's happen. That's fine. But yeah, my hair was longer than this the whole time. You know, day one we shot, my hair was longer than this. So I couldn't cut my hair to my normal length at any point. Um, so I was just like in the mirror, like, I think this looks right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you have a picture and you're like, oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's, somebody said, they're like, yeah, you probably, next time, try to get a hair and makeup person to uh, to, to pay attention to that. If you're going to go yeah. in with... I'm like, yeah, I probably should have just cut my hair normally the day before we started and just done it every every week. Just buzz, buzz it, you know, <laughs> yeah. but lesson learned for next time. <laughs> that's how that's how we learn. Yeah, but it is, you know, I, I immediately I'm, I'm looking at all these casting calls and all this stuff. And it's like, can I spend five weeks filming in Hungary? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure my family would pick up the slack but i don't i don't even want to be away from my kids for five right, weeks right. that's a i don't want to go to hungary i've never been i don't know <laughs> it seems like an odd place but they're filming a, right. a movie there for some reason <laughs> go for it why not yeah well that's the thing it's like if they can afford to film in hungary at least you got to figure they're going to pay decent right <laughs> yeah right right hotel food Right, right. Yeah, hopefully they'll pick up the bar tab. I mean, or, yeah, or give course. me a healthy per diem. <laughs> I'll have some Hungarian babies in nine months. I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, you never know. You can always shoot for the stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that reminds me. I need to get a vasectomy before I go on my next movie shoot. Just to... <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, You got, so I, I wanted to talk to you um about something you had told me about your one man star wars show that you did yeah. in college um, yes i did and it was now i'm not good with star wars but it was episode four i think you said yes and yes. is that the first like the original movie yeah that was the first okay uh, uh, movie that came out in 77 so so you did this whole movie by yourself on stage yes <laughs> talk yes. me through that how did... <laughs> yes. yes um i did um well i didn't do the entire two-hour movie because i always thought that um if you want to see the two-hour movie just go home with better actors uh, i mean yeah, better Ford, cgi I mean. too probably not much better exactly but... <laughs> exactly yeah um but yeah i did um i did a condensed version of the film i i, I made sure i told the story of episode four I was on stage. I played 30 plus characters. Um, 
um, I did, you know, all, all the different voices and I was able to go back and forth. I used no props, no sets, um, very blank clothing. And I just was able to uh, tell the story in a way that I think I thought fans would really enjoy. And, you, you know, of course, opening night, a lot of your friends and your family came, but there was a group of, I really focused on, there was these three people that came to the show. They saw the poster in the college lobby. They thought, we love Star Wars, we're going to go. So I was focused on making those three people, like, enjoy it. Because I know, like, these three people had no idea who the hell I was. I've never met them before. They just saw my poster, poster somewhere. But they came and they loved it. And I thought, well, if I can reach them, then, you know, job well done. Yeah. Ha. I'm, I'm trying to think through, and I, I, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I forced myself to watch those the original three movies it was force yourself no pun intended no 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 pun intended well well played um yeah no literally i i i i dvr'd them and i i one i fell asleep during one of them i fell asleep during that constantly i was falling asleep during them but i would be waking up and they were playing like a marathon on one of those turner stations right right. and i'd fall asleep so the the movie i was watching ended while i was sleeping and i woke up in like the middle of return of the jedi and i'm like oh this doesn't i didn't even realize i'd fallen asleep and I'm like, huh, this doesn't seem to track. That's kind of, yeah. I'm not sure what's going yeah. on. It took me 40 minutes before I realized I'd fallen asleep for two hours and I was watching <laughs> a completely different movie. And that's why the continuity didn't make sense. So I had to go back <laughs> and I was just, but nonetheless, there's a lot of characters in, in Star Wars. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So not only doing the impressions, the voices for all of that, but the acting, I'm trying to visualize, are, are you running from one side of the stage to the other to show different characters or how did you play this? Literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to run from, you know, points in the stage. And then also like um, there were scenes where I could just sit down and just change um, uh, postures and voices. Um, there's a scene where um, in episode four, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker are meeting Han Solo and Chewbacca for, for the first time. And it's a scene where Han Solo goes, um, uh, it's, it's been so long what's the line um he says uh, uh you want like a millennium falcon and obi-wan kenobi says something like um um yes indeed if it's a fast ship um you know that whole thing so that so scenes where i was kind of stationed were easy but there were scenes where you know i had to be in um in a spaceship and it was kind of hard to describe that to the audience since i didn't have a spaceship on stage um but i had i had a <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a me, and I had a wonderful director, Chris Haley, that helped me kind of navigate um, that, and also just being really bi- a big fan of one man shows. I love the idea of like like old comedians used to go on stage and just um, like Whoopi Goldberg did it, Robin Williams did it, and um, those people that would go on stage and just contain an audience for an hour. And I just thought that was so inspiring. They can, you know. No one's no one even cares about going to the bathroom. Everyone's just hooked on this person. It's it. and then later I saw John Leguizamo a few times do Ghetto Clown in New York City. And and I just thought it was so amazing. These people that just go for an hour and just, you know, so that 
that's uh, that was it. Yeah, I would I would have watched Robin Williams do any movie uh, he wanted to do on stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he could have done. I if anyone had suggested it to him, he probably would have done this too. He he should have done like The Godfather as a one man show on stage. Yeah, I anything <laughs> he did, um, anything he did, like he was he was one of my he was one of my heroes. He's one of my heroes, and um, watching him like. I remember one of the earliest movies I saw was Flubber and I had to have been like three or four, but I remember seeing this man and just how funny he was and how much he improvised and how much he played. And, you know, I watched Jumanji not too long ago and I just forgot just so much emotional range that movie had. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. It it is about, you know, the board game and the elephants and um, people coming out, but there was a moment where he first comes out and he's trying to find his father, you know, and he goes to the old shoe factory and he's just trying to find out what happened. So Robin had just this incredible range. And um, there's a movie, if, if you haven't seen it, I really recommend it. It's called one hour photo. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. Yeah. He's scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His range as an actor, he, he did everything. Yeah, if people forget how good and uh, insomnia with Pacino, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. We just yeah, yeah, hey, it's uh, it's crazy how good he was, and he was really the early '90s. He was like the guy. He, yeah, he really was. Yeah. He he, hey, he was in Goodwill Hunting. He was in all of yeah. those serious roles that he brought yeah. some humor to it. But uh, Patch Adams, that's a, I kept trying yeah. to think of that one. Yeah, that Patch one had, Adam, yeah. Talk about range of emotion from goofy to, to depressing. Yeah. yeah, from Jumanji to Patch Adams, Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. you know, to something completely different than When Our Photo and Good Will Hunting and all these amazing roles. Bicentennial Man, to me, is an underrated movie. Mm-hmm. And he, we talked about voiceovers briefly, but uh, he changed the game when he did Aladdin, when he was the genie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he he changed the game of animated movies for the rest of time. <laughs> he changed everything. I mean, then they started bringing more comedians in because it was, he was in the studio just riffing for hours. And I, I think I read somewhere that they had 19 additional hours of footage of just, just him going off and just doing different characters and different impressions and just he changed that he was that movie mm-hmm. yeah I, I i that was one of the first movies i remember going to as a as a little kid and i remember just walking around trying to impersonate the genie for yeah. you know for weeks after that because it was funny yeah. for kids and adults yeah yeah and, and that's the thing with that movie is you know those movies had something for everyone i'm uh I'm, I keep looking over here because I'm like, ah, oh, if I if I'd known your background, I would have shifted. I've got all of this baseball <laughs> for the audio <laughs> listeners. He's got a a a, a ton of uh, yeah. baseballs uh, behind him, and uh, yeah. uh, I can't see who that is, but it looks like a Mets player up there. Yeah, it's Pete Alonso. Oh, okay. I think he's isn't he from Tampa? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, so he's he's from my neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've got I've got all of my uh, I worked for the Rays for five years, so I've got all okay, of wow. little giveaways. My my Wade Boggs and my uh, Carl Crawford and my Lou Pinella bobblehead are all over there. Yeah, I got I got this. You you would not know this, but 
there's a Jason Tyner bobblehead, which is oh, yeah. very rare because he got sent down to the minors uh, before they did this giveaway. So this never was actually given away. Really? So I was given a box and told to uh, to take it to a dumpster because I wanted to borrow someone's hand truck. They're like, can you just take this down to the to the dump? And I, I looked in the box and I'm like, I just won't check what it is. It was seven of yeah. these guys in there. And I'm like, oh, these are being saved. These are collectors yeah. items. <laughs> yeah. That's my retirement right there. It's probably worth yeah, like exactly. $25. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you, uh, how long have you been a baseball fan? Just ever, um, forever? <laughs> it's, to me, it seems like if you go through one season of the Mets, it seems like forever. Hmm. Um, but I've been a baseball fan. Um, you know, to me, baseball has always been such a part of New York. Like wherever you go, somebody's wearing a Yankees hat, mm-hmm. and the Yankees logo is such you know, ana- unanimous with New York. Um, I remember in the year two thousand going to the parade with my family when the Yankees won the World Series, and seeing Mariano Rivera, Jose Pettit, Jose Posada, and uh, Jeter, and and seeing all these you know baseball you know heroes that people loved, and even growing up up you didn't if you didn't watch baseball you knew who Derek Jeter was yeah but, yeah <laughs> he he was yeah, baseball but, I feel like for a lot of yeah he was he was the face of baseball yeah and, it um, was I I remember the first I I I'm a little older than you but uh the Rays the Devil Rays first season yeah. was 1998 and I'd been only watching baseball for a couple years. And my dad's from New Jersey. He's been a Yankees fan his whole life. So I, I was rooting for the Yankees. I remember everyone in my class liked Cal Ripken Jr. So I hated yeah. him. <laughs> no reason. I just didn't like him. Yeah, of course. So I hated the Orioles. I loved the Yankees. Then the, the Devil Rays came. And, of course, they were in that division. So I hated the Yankees. Uh, of and, and Boston and you know <laughs> Tor- Toronto never really had many feelings either way about but um but yeah I remember how exciting it was getting a baseball team that was I mean it, their stadium was like a mile away from where I went to school and I was probably in fourth fifth grade and there's blimps flying all over you know because back then blimps were a big deal like if yeah, there were blimps yeah. in the sky it was something important was going on yeah um and there were like four or five blimps and you know we were so close uh my dad came and picked me up early from uh from from after school care so he could take me home to watch the game and i'm like i don't really get it and then i'm like oh that's very it's i his point was there are very few people who get to live in a city where a major league baseball team plays and i mean unless you're in new york or los angeles yeah you know it's it's not not everyone grows up a mile and a half from a major league baseball stadium. Right. Uh, so uh, it, it didn't hit me then because I was a little kid, but now it's like every time I drive by it and my daughter goes to school across the street from Tropicana field. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, so I drive by it almost every day. And, and every time I'm like, I shouldn't take this for granted because it, I mean, if I was a tourist driving by here, I'd be, you know, sticking my head out the window, taking pictures, being like, look, it's a major league baseball stadium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of an eyesore. I've been there a gazillion times. I, <laughs> I've been in the bowels of that stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's such a, it's such an amazing thing as baseball is. It's so, it's so important to our, our culture as a, as a, a race and a society. Just, um, 
it's been around for over a hundred years and there's so many events in history that have to do with baseball. Now, yeah. Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier um, in April 15th, 1947. Um, uh, you know, the, the 3000 hit games and the, you know, the Pete Rose and, and the Derek Jeter and there's so many figures we all know that and important events that have to do with baseball. It's, it's tied into, I mean, even going back to world war two, like it's just so yeah. tied into Americana that it, it yeah. really is. It's a shame. I, I was trying to find what I wrote, but I'm not good enough to find it. But last <laughs> night I remember I went on minds, which is a, a social media. Uh, I talked to the creator of that. The listeners will say that was weeks ago, but it was just yesterday. So I, I got on minds and, uh, I, I put something, I was watching the Manning cast. That's what it was. Right. I was watching the Manning cast um, Monday night football because I didn't give a shit about the Bengals Browns game. So the Manning cast is a fun way to watch the game. And I, I did say, I'm like, baseball needs an R rated version of the Manning cast, get a comedian and an ex ball player who, who has some personality, get them to drink and watch a game, just make jokes, tell stories um, because that's what baseball is. And baseball nowadays to kids, I get it. Like it's all yeah. strikeouts, walks and home runs. There's, yeah. there's none of that action that made baseball fun when I was a kid. I mean, Carl yeah. Crawford was my favorite player to watch. And then when I worked there, I got, I got to know him. He was obviously fun to watch. He was a good guy. Um, at least back then I, he's in some weird celebrity stuff now but that's yeah. besides the point but <laughs> but he was so fun to watch because he'd hit triples he'd steal bases didn't walk as much as he should as ideal but he put the ball in play all the time he'd hit i think his career high was probably 19 home runs so he had power he just yeah. you know so he could hit it out you know um he was just so exciting to watch he was a game changer in the field too just making diving yeah. catches just incredible plays and I feel like nowadays it's just you've got the guys who are more of uh, I'm going to walk, I'm going to strike out, or I'm going to hit a home run. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and to me, those games are boring. I mean, you don't you don't want to see. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Everyone loves a home. Everyone loves to see their favorite player hit a home run and hit out of the stadium. But like, um, baseball is about stealing base and, and, and stealing home and, and and running and clutch plays and clutch hits and and. Uh, RBIs and, and it's about the grind of trying to win the game. Yeah. And I, I do think, I do think it's a lot about the, the best times I ever had. I used to sit in the front row in the press box. I used to do the press box announcements. Um, and I sat right next to the official scorer and he was a, a, a baseball coach at a local college for decades. And we just talk about baseball. We talk about, stories from from when he played we'd talk about that if we saw a nice pair of tits in the crowd yeah. we'd talk about that <laughs> we, I mean the conversation would would vary I mean it would right it would veer away from baseball but obviously you know we were watching every pitch and paying attention um and that's where I do that's where I do think it if they could do something where they made the because I don't think baseball is going to change the way they play. No, Not anytime no. soon because no. it's all formulaic. It's all analytics. And frankly, the Rays were at the, you know, a lot of the front end of that kind of style of baseball. 
Um, but if you could watch with, and I, I love the Rays announcers and, and they're silly, but there's obviously a, a little threshold they can't cross when it comes to right. appropriateness. Right. I say baseball says, fuck it. We have an R rated broadcast. They're going to say, fuck, they're going to drink. They might yep. smoke pot. You know, they're not, you know, they're not going to be doing Coke off strippers or anything. That's, right. that's across the line, but we're going to, we're going to, to make it fun for, for adults and maybe do another one with, you know, that's more kid friendly. That's more right. goofy, like Nickelodeon start started airing some NFL games. Right. You know, you yeah. can I feel like they've got to do something outside of the box. It's going to piss traditionalists off, no doubt. They're going to say, well, back in my day, I just listened to Vin Scully, and yeah. that's all I needed. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's when baseball had a lot more action in it. Now, when you're yeah, watching sure. a pitcher basically play catch with a catcher, you know, you can yeah. go a full inning and face five batters and not see one ball hit into play. You know, yeah. a couple walks, three strikeouts, inning over. <laughs> like, that's that's not like an abnormal inning of baseball. So you're really just watching two guys play catch on TV. So there has yeah. to be entertainment. And I, I still think one of my, my greatest moments. Um, and this is, this is one of those things that like, if I told a guy who's been in major league baseball for decades, he'd say, Oh, that's, I was in when the, the Rays relaunched, changed their name and their uniforms. They went from the devil Rays to the Rays. Right. There was a huge launch November. So like I'm uh, less than two months after the season, it was like five weeks after the regular season ended. The race sucked. Joe Madden was the manager. Uh, they paid to get almost all the players back in St. Pete. They got a couple legends. They got the coaching staff and they were having a huge blowout event. Kevin Costner's band was playing yeah. a, a concert after the unveiling this huge event and my job I, I worked on the communication staff and my job I was only in college so the you know I'm 20 years old I'm not even legal drinking age yet right. my job that day was I was in charge of the coaching staff not Joe Madden he was with he was with someone else but I had um the coaching staff and the legends so this hotel room where we hung out we, they got in the uniform and we had to just hang out for three hours before I walked them backstage. Uh, it had uh, Don Zimmer, uh, Dave Martinez, who's been all over. I actually, he yeah. was a World Series winning manager now. Yeah. Uh, Wade Boggs, Fred McGriff, and uh, Tom Foley, who was has uh, been in the Rays organization forever. And he played over a decade. And I'm probably forgetting another guy. But it was just like seven of us in this hotel room. And we were just talking uh, and, and I was part of the conversation and telling stories. And the one thing I always said um, it was, you know, there's Hall of Famer in the room, Wade Ball, yeah. Fred McGriff yeah. in the room, Dave, we were all talking. I, I started making fun of Kevin, Kevin Euclid and they all started yeah. piling on. Everyone thought Kevin Euclid was an asshole, which I'm <laughs> like, Oh good. It's not just me as a fan who hates him. Everyone hates him. Uh, yeah. But then Don Zimmer started talking about Paul O'Neill. And anytime Don Zimmer spoke, everyone went silent and just yeah, like, instead of a normal goofy conversation with seven people where sometimes a couple people are talking at the same, if Zimmer opened his mouth, everyone stopped and just like, gave all deference to him and wanted to listen to every word he said. And that's, you know, Wade Boggs is chugging beers and he's still just immediately, if Don Zimmer talks, he stops 
and just wants to hear exactly what he's saying. Um, and I, re I remember taking an elevator down. I'm like, well, this would be the worst elevator to crash in because it'd be like all these celebrities and one other person die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this would be the worst elevator to die in ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you would die in an elevator with a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, I did. I I remember I... I you did? Well, no, no. I, I In okay. college, I wrote a... Um, I, I, I had to write something for a class, so I wrote about it. And what I did was I looked up all the, like, the combined hits and home runs and everything in in that elevator it was right yeah. it was astounding for for six seven people in an elevator and i'm like i had zero contribution to those yeah. <laughs> um but no that was that was one of those um yeah that but that's one of those things where it's like that that's that's to me that's what baseball is it's yeah. not if you talk about my favorite baseball highlight that's it it had nothing to do with baseball. There was no game going on. We were just talking about baseball in a hotel room and just having a great time. And, you know, there were generation. I mean, it was a multi-generational thing, too. You know, there were yeah. guys who played in the 40s with Jackie Robinson, and there were guys who played up until a couple years, you know, prior to that. Um, so, yeah, it was just a – and there was me, who was younger than all of them but had no experience whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that's I think to me that's you know some of the greatest conversations I had were people that met some of my heroes. Like I love Mickey Mantle, I love Babe Ruth, and I met somebody at a baseball game that met Babe Ruth. He was I think he was in his late 80s, early 90s at this time a few years ago. And I you know to me the game was over. I focused on this man. I just wanted to like to hear his story. And every time I go to you know a card show or a shop I just ask the people behind that are older than me I go well who's the best player you've ever seen in your time and they always say Mickey Mantle and to 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 hear the stories about how Mantle played I mean it's it's one thing to see from a book and it's a completely other thing to hear from the people that were there yeah it's I remember um you might like this as a Mets fan um uh the the baseball coach I had mentioned earlier, who was the official scorer, Bill, Bill Matthews, uh, he played baseball at Eckerd College. And I guess when he played, they scrimmaged in spring training the Mets. And Tom okay. Seaver started the game Ooh. and just was pitching, I think, two, three innings, just a you know, spring training exhibition yeah. kind of thing. And the only player who got a hit off of Tom Seaver was, was Bill Matthews. He just opposite field, just got lucky and, and blew yeah. the double down the line. Yeah. And he said like two decades later, he ran into Tom Seaver at some event and he's just sheepishly was like, you probably don't remember me. And Seaver looked at him. He's like, you're that fucker who got lucky and hit a double off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 20 years later. And it's like, that's that that right there sums up the beauty of baseball to me too yeah it's just yeah tom siever of all things why would he even remember yeah. such an insignificant thing and he not only remembered it happened he remembered the hitter you know who yeah. probably didn't look that much similar to how he did in college yeah um yeah that's something tom siever is one of the greatest of all time yeah and and, and that's probably why too. He remembers yeah. giving up a double in a not in a game he could have given up. You know he he could have been drunk and given up seven home runs and no one would have batted a nine. No one you know yeah. it's Tom Seaver in an exhibition game against a crappy college. Yeah. 
And uh, but he remembers that one guy who got an opposite field double just again, just a lucky bloop off the bat. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't yeah. trying to go oppo. It just happened. By, by mistake. By mistake. And but that's how great a guy like Seaver is, is that he actually yeah. remembers that and and then holds a grudge. I mean, not really a grudge, but still remembers it still remembers decades it, yeah. later. I can't believe I gave up a it's it's I guess that's what makes greatness is those haunting yeah. things like I can't believe that fucking kid got a double off. Me. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think I have like when you watch the Michael Jordan uh documentary The Last Dance when you watch and you see how psychotic Michael Jordan is it's like I don't have that in me. I I right. I'm very competitive uh unhealthily competitive I would say but I don't have right. that killer inside yeah. of me like i i know where to stop usually <laughs> well i thought the michael jordan documentary you were talking about was space jam oh yeah no that was a good one too yeah <laughs> that's that's a great documentary um, yeah the, the the newest space jam documentary sucked but yeah the original yeah. with michael jordan yeah D did you see the new one i didn't see it i did unfortunately LeBron's i not a good just... actor <laughs> I heard, I heard from a friend of mine that they had three pages of a script, and they said, "Let's let's let's just do it." That's that's how it played. Yeah, it it, it, it made no sense. It was yep. it was like you you could have just played off. You could have just made it like a sequel, you know, instead yeah. of doing all this bizarre weird shit that they did. It's it's bad. Even my kids, uh, my son loves Looney Tunes. Um, oh that's fantastic so so he he loves it and he's like his thing was the story didn't make sense and lebron james is really bad at acting i'm like yeah it was a bad it was a bad combo it was a you know they they tried to force it in there it's like oh it was so so ripe for a good sequel you you could have right. maybe not ruined it <laughs> well i saw i saw this guy doing a review of that about space jam 2 on youtube and he was, and he was talking about it wasn't LeBron, it was the Looney Tunes. No one knows the Looney Tunes anymore. And I was like, everyone knows the Looney Tunes. I mean, there's such a staple with Warner Brothers. You see, you see Bugs Bunny still like everywhere. Yeah, who doesn't know the? It is. I actually, I will. While I'm saying this, I will jump in and interrupt myself. It is a shame there are not. There probably are, but I don't even know of them. But there aren't like current looney tunes cartoons that are still coming out and i know there were not that long ago but i you know i saw them on hbo max or something one day and, and my 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 son enjoyed it but it's not um i don't know i i part of me i mean the old school looney tunes i remember watching one from the, i think it was the 40s maybe the 50s and yosemite sam went to he he married some rich woman for her money and she had a son and he was trying to murder this this boy who was who was clearly they maybe even said retarded in the cartoon frankly like that's yeah, yeah. i like that's they were not politically correct that's that's right, where i'm going right. with this um also pretty morbid story that i'm gonna marry this rich bitch and kill her son so i can of course so, of course. so he's out of the picture 
it's like, oof, that's rough for a kid's uh that's rough for a kid's show. So some of me wonders if it's like they don't know whether to market to children or adults. And if you don't pick, you can't really ride that line in between anymore. Like there's not a like you've got to go South Park where you're just everything's on the table, or you gotta go Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is like so watered down that five-year-olds are like, ah, that's too babyish for me. I don't know that well, there's a middle ground, really. Well, not just with the Looney Tunes, just cartoons in general. I mean, you saw car cartoons mm-hmm. that were um, in World War One and World War Two. They were depicting violence and things that really happened. And now, nowadays, you can never get away with that. No, no, and it's it's a shame there isn't like that PG to PG thirteen type uh comedy like i feel like it's there's just a gap like from age eight to age you know 21 where it's like you're just not going to enjoy anything because nothing's for you it's either this age or this age but in here we don't know the you know kid gloves like we don't want to have too much violence we can't say mean things or we've got to go all the way out and 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 curse and and show tits and all like it's like we can't find the middle ground where it's like it's funny for kids and adults who you know like my mom she doesn't want to watch south park it's too obscene for her she'd love to watch you know the original space jam which had some you know they sexualized a, a, a rabbit and you know it wasn't but it was children appropriate and adult appropriate it was the perfect and that's all gone from society, I feel like. You know what? I don't think at that time they were cognizant of saying, oh, we're going to sexualize it. It's just what, right. what came out of them. It was like, it was a reflection of kind of like what people knew in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, Space Jam was great. I mean, I was freaking, I was watching it the other day and there was, there's so many movies from that era that are for kids and adults like they had some jokes that only adults get and they had some jokes only kids would get. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole like family could go and enjoy it. And I, I can't name a movie that has that right now. It's only like really, really offensive or really, really, really like boring for adults to watch. Right. I, and it, it gets to the point, like my, my kids are now nine and 12. My son's about to turn 10 and my daughter's 12. And it, it's like, the choices are like, all right, well, this is too babyish. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. I'm like, good. I'm not either. Um, yeah. But then it's like, I watched my daughter walked out because she doesn't like baseball. I watched Major League with my kids uh, a couple days ago, uh, which is rated R only because of cursing. There's really not the the sex in there is pretty not graphic and not. I think it goes above kids' heads. Yeah. Uh, at least my nine-year-old's head. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird that it's rated R. And then I didn't even realize Major League Two is rated PG. <laughs> so oh wow! I didn't realize- that's, that's a big jump. They 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 must have taken all of the F words out, and then it's a P. I mean, it really is a PG movie if you took all the cussing out of the of the first one. And even that, I remember when I was younger, like you would hear uh, you would hear worse things on the bus. Oh yeah. Well, that's uh, that's at this point with my kids is I'm like the only thing I'm censoring them from is like sex and nudity, cussing. Yeah. They they hear it from me for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Look, even if they don't, if they, I, I this I probably shouldn't say this because people are going to judge me. But like 
I, we, this past weekend, we had a, a two and a half hour drive one way and then back the next day, uh, up to see my brother. And, uh, I'm like, any playlist you want me to put on? And both of them are like, yeah, play some Eminem. I'm like, all right. I don't play yeah. like the older stuff. That's a little more violent and graphic because I don't, I don't think they probably enjoy it. I play a lot of the newer stuff that most people don't even know. Um, but obviously there's still a lot of bad words. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. When, when I was younger, it seemed that everyone, everyone was listening to Eminem. Yeah. I mean, he was so, he was everywhere. He was on MTV. He was on the news. He was everywhere. And everyone, everyone was listening to Eminem. My parents were, kids were, everyone was. And it wasn't something that we really talked about. It was just, that's, that's, that's music. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my mom did not like Eminem. Uh, but, you know, it, it was one of those things. It's like, well, he's on the radio. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so but nowadays, I, 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 I would not imagine other than Lose Yourself, which I do occasionally hear on the radio. I, not that I listen to the radio much anymore, but it's not really many songs that they could even censor to play of his on the radio <laughs> nowadays, I don't think. That's funny you say that because I don't recall any Eminem song really being played except for Lose Yourself. Oh, really? Well, see, I, yeah. when I was younger, uh, Stan, yeah. um, that was when I was in middle school. That song was on the radio all the time. Um, My Name Is, that was, and The yeah. Real Slim Shady. I remember yeah. on, uh, T, on MTV, TRL, I, I think The Real Slim Shady was like number one for weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, they, they obviously, they censor the F word and probably a couple of other things. Uh, there's, the there, there's another F word he uses, not fuck, but there's another F word he uses yeah. in a lot of his songs that probably weren't censored on the radio or TV back then. Right. Uh, right. But now, I mean, I remember a few years ago, there was a hashtag of cancel Eminem for his songs back in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s. I'm like, throw the fuck up. Like when I heard they were going to cancel Eminem because of his language, I thought he's been saying this stuff for 30 years, literally 30 years. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'm like, the, the one thing I always thought with him is he, I'm like, you know what one word he never said? The one word that he can't say, or I mean, he could have said, and he maybe yes. would have been forgiven, but he never said the N yeah. word. He was in, no, he was in never. songs never. featuring people who did. You know, yeah. Dre would say it, but he wouldn't say it. Um, yeah. And again, I, I don't know back then if people would have necessarily even cared if he did, but he didn't cross that line. Right. And I, I respect him for that because I, even back then, we knew not to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, but yeah, it's like, that's, that's how, that's, that's, you know, you, you can't judge things from, I, I do remember, I, I can't remember who said it. They were talking about comedy and they're like, you watch right. comedy from the seventies. If the crowd's laughing, that means it was appropriate at the time. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, it, it's, they use different words because they were, and I'm not saying this from a, a self-righteous, they were more ignorant to things. Right. Uh, 10 years. Well, I don't know, 15 years ago, we were ignorant to other things. Uh, you know, it's it's just the way the world evolves and and yeah it's but i do think that atmosphere is partly to blame for kind of the 
there's nothing in that middle between it's either completely vulgar or completely g-rated baby proofed and i feel like that whole middle realm is kind of not there's some stand-up comedians you know like jim gaffigan and nate bargazzi and you know there's some stand-ups who kind of weave in there but as far as like cartoons or or even just movies in general. I don't yeah. know that there's really anything that weaves in that kind of yeah. adults and kids can enjoy this together. Yeah. Believe it or not, I haven't I haven't heard of a PG-13 movie in a while. It, it's it's always either PG or rated R. Um, mm-hmm. but, but like, even like, if you look at movies, like you said, like 50 years ago, Blazing Saddles could never be made today. Mm-mm. Never. But that's it's one of the greatest, you know, Mel Brooks movies of all time. Yeah, it, it needs to be. There is also it's it's sad. There's also a technology aspect to things that's just not yes. going to trans. I I was watching, and I didn't see this movie till I was an adult. But planes, trains, and automobiles with uh, yeah Steve Martin and John Candy, and it's one of the best movies I think ever made. Best comedies. Two but, of the funniest people. Yeah, and my kids watched it, and they they enjoyed parts of it, but parts of it were just they they didn't grasp it. Like they couldn't call, they couldn't get to a phone, they couldn't pay for things. Like it just didn't make sense. And I'm like, I actually get why it doesn't make sense to you, because yeah. it barely makes sense to me. Like I just have to yeah. piece things together. Like, oh, that credit card doesn't do that okay i didn't i didn't even know that i'm just figuring it i'm just taking it from context clues because i don't even understand all of the ways that things worked um so i do think that somewhat leaks into some of the classic stuff aside from just cancel culture i do think technological advances make some of that older stuff a little harder to uh to 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 wrap your head around and the further we go unfortunately I, I, the less people are gonna you know I, I i try to show my like um midnight run with uh de niro and groden yeah one yeah. of the best movies ever and it's it's also rated r because they say fuck i i think they set the record for the most f-words in a movie yeah uh when they when they filmed it um but again it's there's just some like you know they're using pay phones they don't have it, just some of it just doesn't quite fit in in their understanding of the world although they did enjoy that one more i would say because yeah. they were less reliance on not having uh tech to, to accomplish the mission yeah and even like if you think back um to the 60s and 70s star trek had so much tech yeah. but star trek was one of those shows that appeal to kids kids can understand it and adults loved it yeah but they they didn't imagine the internet though (laughs) no 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 but it's it's amazing how that show really inspired so much of life today like the cell phone was invented because somebody got inspired by the communicator on star trek yeah, it's I, I do think shows like that are great. And I, of course, unfortunately, they're always going to have a weird shelf life because it's going to. Yeah, I, I, I even so I watched Star Wars. I forced myself to watch those Star Wars movies five yeah. years ago, maybe. And I'm like, these are terrible. 
and then I watched episode four, five, and six were the first three. I never watched one, two, and three. I watched <laughs> seven and eight. And I'm like, I enjoy those more. And my brother's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> He's like, those are terrible. They're not nearly as good. I'm like, yeah, but the graphics weren't distractingly bad. And then I realized, oh, this is yeah. this is how my kids watch movies. Like the CGI yeah. was so terrible in the 70s and early 80s or whatever it was when those movies came out. That just having new shit to look at, they're like, oh, this looks this looks much better visually. Even though the story was shit, I think. If, yeah. I don't even remember what the story was. I just remember there were ships and explosions and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. this, this looks much yeah. better than than those other movies I just watched. Um, so yeah, so again, even even myself falls into that same like, oh well, the, the CGI on on the original Star Trek sucks. So let's let's see this new shit, and I bet it looks better. Yeah, but if you think from a I was thinking from like a creative standpoint. I mean, mm -hmm. I think in ways they were more creative because they said, you know what, um, we need we need this shot and let's try to figure out how we can do that. And yeah. now they just say, now they just say, tap it on a computer. I, I can't imagine, I'm, I'm very, so I do, um, I do some comedy sketch acting. Uh, this guy locally writes these sketches and, between you, me, and the wall, most of them, I think, are not funny at all. But I go there just because I get to play a different character every week. Right. Most of it's on green screen. And one thing I'll say is I would not have nailed my audition for the movie I was in. I would not have shown up prepared if I had not done this first. Because right. you, first of all, you, you realize, I'm sure you've been in this scenario with uh, green screen acting, first of all, is a very strange um yes. because you're but acting in general can be very awkward and uncomfortable just because you're positioning for the camera so you might be like leaning like this with one leg propped up and and i'm 6'2 270 pounds so i'm not a flexible or small person that can fit into tight spaces so i'm like jammed into a table with my arms like this so they don't yep. stick out too far and it just feels so unnatural but you have to act natural um yeah. And that's I, but I I watch Marvel movies and I'm like, oof, that's got to be rough to to be because you know they're doing it on a green screen. You know they're oh yeah. You know when Robert Downey Jr. is in, in his Iron Man suit and it cuts to him, he's probably just standing in front of a green screen reading lines, yeah. and it's like, that's that's it's got to be tough to to do that. Um, and. Uh, but you, you're right. I think uh, that speaks to the, if, you know, the people who didn't have the technology to be like, yeah, we're just going to show you flying around, just do some VO for the, you yeah. Know. <laughs> Tony's Iron Man's flying around, just talking to the microphone. You can read your lines. You don't even need to, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're obviously not flying around the world in, in this fake suit. Um, so yeah, it, it, you had to be more creative back then. And I, I think, I mean, low budget films still do have to be creative because yeah, they don't have sure. the money to to spend on on hulks and iron man suits and explosions and all that kind of stuff yeah i i do think there could be a healthy level of cgi yeah um but i think when i were i don't know if you saw this when i watched kong versus godzilla mm -hmm. the whole time i was just like i'm just watching a green screen the entire movie 
I'm, I'm, it, I was literally just watching the computer the entire movie. You know what I enjoy out of all of those monster movies that in that new universe, I enjoyed Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm like these are all. Tra I watched all of them. I'm like these are all trash. They're they're all bad. I don't I don't like any part of it. Kong Skull Island though, I thought had a good amount of acting. There was a lot of CGI, but there was, I mean, it did have a star-studded cast. So I mean, yeah, I guess you should expect the acting to. Most of them were John from C. Riley was in that. John C. Riley was in it. Uh, Sam Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson, Tom Hiddleston, um, John Goodman, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Michelle yeah, it Pfeiffer. Was, it, it was it, uh, Batman. Ba <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the actor. The actual character Batman was in it. Was he? No, he, he, he was in. He was in Space Jam too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a. I guess when you have a star-studded cast, you should should expect a, well, I guess I shouldn't say that even, you, you never know what you're going to, one, one thing um, uh, with my movie, people are like, oh, is it going to be good? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was funny when we were acting, but. Yeah, and that's the thing, um, you don't, you never know how it's going to turn out. I mean, movies are such a gamble. You know, you could put your heart into something. You could say, I think this is going to work. I, I think this is great. And then when it comes out, it just it just doesn't hit. Yeah, it's well, and, and I looked at it uh, like this. I'm like, look, it was first of all, the 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 director who wrote it was also one of the leads or four male leads. It was a, a, a buddy comedy. Um, and he was one of the four leads. He adapted it from a play he did and the play killed. I mean, it was a comedic yeah. play. You you have you you can watch video. Well, I could at least. He sent me video, so we know the crowd reacted and enjoyed. They found it funny. You know, you can't. Yeah, it's kind of like stand up. It's like you could read it in front of nobody, and then you might say, "I don't think that's funny." But if you watch film of it in front of an audience and people are laughing hysterically, you know it works. You know it's funny. So it was well written. <laughs> uh i i can't speak for myself but i'd like to say it was well acted in uh but and i i think you know it seemed like the the cinematographer knew what he was doing right but you know now it's in an editor's hands and you know may, maybe it's maybe it could be the funniest movie ever made or it could be shit it's like it we were laughing we were belly laughing on set so it was definitely funny to us but that doesn't mean it's going to be funny when it gets all pieced together. Um, I it should be, but it's and, and comedy is also a real tough. That's a tough thing to uh, yeah to nail because it's it, if it's not nobody really cares that much about the story. I feel like it's just and everyone has different senses of humor, so it's like yeah, to some twenty percent of people are going to find it funny, and twenty percent of people are going to think it's awful off the bat no matter what it is whether it's the hangover or or uh the shittiest comedy ever made you're gonna have 20 on both sides of of the aisle automatically whether it's a hangover or the hangover three <laughs> yeah you know it's funny you say that because i was thinking about i remember seeing scary movie three in theaters 
Um, that was the one where they parodied Eight Mile, uh, Matrix. Okay, okay. I was going to say, I'm trying to remember which one that is. <laughs> they had so bad. Simon Rex. Um, and I remember it yeah. got bad reviews. But when I saw it in theaters, I have never seen, even to this day, more people laugh in my life. Like, everyone loved it. I'm trying. There was a few movies I went to that I feel like all came out within a year. I'm trying to remember. They were three great classic. I mean, classic early 2000s. Yeah. Um, Borat, I know, was one of them. Yeah. I think it was 40 year old virgin and wedding crashers. And Borat, I've never been in a theater with people crying, laughing so much in my entire life. It, yeah. it by far blew away i tears were streaming down everyone's face they were everyone was laughing so hard um one of the other two i remember didn't the the audience didn't respond to it in the theater i was in and yeah. i was like and i forget which one whether it was wedding crashers or 40 year old virgin and um i'm like gosh i thought that movie was so much funnier but no one else laughed and a, a years later, I finally watched it again. I'm like, no, this is, I think it was 40 year old virgin. I don't think it was, I don't think it was a full theater. I, I, and just people weren't, weren't laughing. And yeah. I was like, God, I thought that was really funny, but no one else laughed. So I must not have been. And I think that might be the best out of the three of them, honestly, watching it. I've watched it two months ago. Like I'll watch that yeah. once a year forever. Yeah. It, it's hilarious to me every time. <laughs> um, that being said, not, none of, Outside of The Hangover, I don't know of a great comedy that's been made since since that that run of movies. Even uh, I'm forgetting Borat's name, the actor. Um, even his follow his Bruno was okay, but not great. And his Borat second movie had moments, but again, it wasn't yeah. wasn't great. It was just granted. I think that's a tough thing to pull off. Multiple, yeah. Multiple and when times. he was doing. He did Borat one. Nobody's ever seen anything remotely like that. Yeah. Like, even like to the, it, it was so offensive, just so offensive. And that was the first movie that I that I watched. And I was like, wow, this is like, it's, it's really out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely the the I, I've never seen. I've never been to a movie before or after that will ever match the atmosphere in that movie theater. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, I remember it was the first movie I went to. Uh, this was back before they had like assigned seating. Yeah. So uh, somebody had to come in and say, everyone stand up and move to the, all the way to the left. Cause this, every seat is sold out. You have to cram in. There's no, oh, no open seats in this theater. So off the bat, I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. I'm sitting next to a stranger and I have a couple of my buddies over here. And uh, it was just just everyone was was crying, laughing at that movie. It was it was it was it was it was like, ah, I'm never going to be able to match that kind. It was just a combination of shock and humor that just couldn't be matched. And that that was unfortunate for 40 year old virgin, because, again, I. If if I'm watching any of those three movies now, I would pick Forty Year Old Virgin over both of them, because Borat's still funny, obviously. But you know, when you know what's coming, it it loses loses a little bit of its punch. Not, yeah. I mean, that's just the style of movie it is. It's not a not an insult to it. 
Um, whereas like, uh, you know what? I thought of one other movie that I love that I don't know if other people do. Have you seen This is the End? Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. I know that, that movie, movie yeah. cracks me up every single time I watch it. And it's not just because, uh, uh, especially when my hair grows out, everyone calls me Danny McBride. It's not just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but but when my hair does grow movie, out. <laughs> has there ever been a movie to you that everyone finds it funny, but you just are like, I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't find this funny. Yeah. Um, couple jumped to mind zoolander and napoleon dynamite yeah i i zoolander i at least understood where people found yeah. it funny napoleon yeah. dynamite people uh, kept telling me you got to watch it again it's it's real dumb but it's funny the second time it was not funny the second time yeah it was it was dog shit. i'm like it's just i'm like i get i get what you're trying to do but it's maybe it's just not my humor. I I don't know. And then and then Zoolander again to me it was like I I get I I've watched it with people who are belly laughing at it, so I know yeah. the funny moments. I I'm like it's yeah. just not funny to me. And it's not. Somebody said you just don't like Ben Stiller. I'm like nah, I thought Dodgeball was brilliant. I love Dodgeball. Ben Stiller's in that. I love Meet the Parents. Ben Stiller's in yeah. that. I'm like, so no, it's it's not Ben Stiller. I, I like Ben Stiller. It's just, I didn't like that movie. I don't know why. I saw, the, okay, there was a movie over quarantine that I was like, I've never seen this movie. Everyone keeps on telling me I have to see it. Sat down and I watched it. I didn't get it. Step Brothers. Oh, I I, I do like that one. Um, I don't know if actually, this might be, I'm going to sound like that douchebag I just made fun of, basically. I don't know if I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. Um, really? I don't know if I, I thought it was a little too stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then when I watched it again, I don't know whether I was just in a different mood or I was drunker or I was just whatever. But the second time, like halfway through the movie, something caught me. I think it, I want to say it was Adam Scott his character in that movie that when, once he came in, I started laughing the second time I watched it. And then I couldn't stop. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I'm fairly certain I did not. I didn't really get it the first time I watched it. And I shouldn't say I didn't get it. I just didn't find it funny. I just, I'm like these two, they're just idiots. Like it's. Yeah. yeah um, that, that's what I thought. I was like this. I, I just, I could see why people think it's funny, but I was like, uh, no <laughs> yeah the first time maybe this is a, a will ferrell john c Riley thing i'm fairly certain the first time i watched talladega nights i also had the same thing where i'm like yeah i it's this is i get it but it's uh, there's a few funny moments but it's not really funny it's just really dumb and now yeah. i now i do enjoy it like if it's if i see it's on i'll watch it and i'll i'll, I'll find it humorous i don't know if i laugh out loud to it um, but I, you know, so I, I don't know that's, but those are the, the same two guys in both of those movies. So I wonder if there's something with their A uh, brand of humor. Uh, well, the, one of the, one of the last movies I saw like pre COVID, uh, a bunch of friends, we went to a Japanese steakhouse, which was so much fun, you know, the hibachi, all that so yeah. much fun. And then we decide, oh, let's keep the night going. We're all drinking. There's a movie theater that has a bar at it. We'll go. And it was sure uh, it was a Sherlock Holmes movie with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, and uh, it was the worst movie ever. It was just terrible. And we were drunk, 
and it was not funny. Me and my buddy, uh, we both went, I, I went to go pee because I've, you know, I've been drinking of for course. a while. I couldn't sit through the whole movie while I'm in there. My buddy comes in and he's like, I'm like, I got to get another drink before I go back in there. He's like, oh, I'll go with you. We ended up spending the the next, the last hour of the movie at the bar because we ne just never wanted to go back in. We're just like, yeah. it's better out here. We're more funny than that movie is. <laughs> so that's a movie you walked out on. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was just, I, I, I've, that actually, I think that's the only movie I've ever walked out on. Yeah. Really? It was, it was just like, it's not funny. It's uh, one of my friends decided to start vaping weed, which I'm like, all right, I don't want to get in trouble over this either. So. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think it smells, but it does. <laughs> Pass me that and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> so by by that movie, do, do you mean to tell me that every morning you wake up and watch that movie? That's how you start your day? <laughs> which, which, <laughs> the Sherlock Holmes movie? Yes, you get up every morning and start your day with the Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, I watch I watch two minutes of it every day just <laughs> to be like, see, these guys are millionaires and I'm funnier. So <laughs> whoever wrote this movie is rich. I can do better. <laughs> I, they, they made a sequel, didn't they? To which the one? Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, I have no idea. I think they did. Oh, I hope not. That's the other. That's the other thing that's been terrible. By the way, Anchorman two, uh, Zoolander two. I never bothered watching because I'm like, if I didn't like the first one, and people who did like the first one don't like the sequel, so why yeah, would I even you have bother? No yeah. yeah, there's no yeah. no prayer that I'm going to enjoy that movie. Um, but no, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe my comedy will be the next one that uh, my by my comedy I mean the one I acted in. I had, I had no part in the writing or anything else. So, so for the listeners, what is it called and when is it coming out? Uh, it's called Women Want Everything. Um, and uh, I have no clue when it's coming out. Sometime next year. Uh, that's that's the fun part. Everyone asks me, where can we watch it? I'm like, I don't know. That's not my job. I just showed up yeah. to act. Like, it's not my baby. I mean, it's it's my yeah. first movie. So no matter what, it'll always have a special place in my heart. But I, I'm not in charge of getting it on Amazon Prime or anything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not my job. That's uh, I I did my job is done. I may have to do some press. Uh, I just had to do a photo shoot before before I came on with you for uh, a movie poster idea that he wanted to do. He's like, we you can try to do it yourself or we can schedule a photo shoot. I'm like, ah, give it a shot. What? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there's a few other things I'll probably have to do, but. Other than that, it's like I, my my job is complete. I, I yeah. you know, I, I everything else is out of my hands. <laughs> I'm 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 very excited to see it. I know I'm going to. Um, you can probably relate to this. Um, I know when I see myself on screen, I'm going to like shiver and be like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Yep, yep, absolutely. Is that? I'm I'm trying to figure out if there's a way around it. I don't think there is. You know. I know Johnny Depp. I think it's Johnny Depp. Um, he put it to he put it this way. He said, "People ask, has you know, have you seen the pirate movie and, and all the movies?" And he said, "No." He says after he acts in it, he thinks it's kind of none of his business anymore. It, it, it's it's a tough for me. It's tough. Um, 
to like I, I mentioned the comedy sketch shows and those are just on YouTube and they they don't get many views and it, uh, I see them come out and I'm like I don't know if I want to watch this because I I don't but part of it's like I do want to watch to try to coach myself up because I am a new I am new a newbie to this so yeah. it's like if I see I'm doing something or if I tried to make a face and it came off differently you know I need to make a mental note of of what I can do different but it's tough to it's like I it, it's it's like a coach watching game film but it's it's that's how I try to view it but it's like I, I told you I was just editing a video of myself eating Arby's for my YouTube channel yeah and it's like oh I hate looking at my face <laughs> I just it's 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 nothing it's not even about it's just I don't like looking at myself not not from like a physical perspective it's just I could look like Tom Cruise and I think I'd be like oh please get me off the screen I don't know and it's funny because you'll be giving it like your all you'll be so passionate in the scene that when you watch it you're like what the hell did I do that mm -hmm. it's uh it's <laughs> Sorry, swallowing whiskey at the same time. I, I had some of that heat from that Diablo Arby sandwich coming up. Yes, yes. Oh, man, uh, that was rough. I did want to ask you. I know we've gone on a long time here. I did want to ask you, and I yeah. we touched on it briefly. One thing I'm, I'm very jealous of um, with you and with everyone else who does it is impressions. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to try to do impressions of like Bugs Bunny and uh i like to i like to say well i've got i've got a nice natural voice and it's very deep so i don't need to do impressions but i'd love to be able to do impressions i'm just bullshitting um i can't do accents like i had to do a southern accent for the movie and i know for a fact it's not you know nobody's going to be watching a comedy movie like oh his accent was inconsistent it went from uh north carolina to a tennessee there <laughs> but but still to me i'm like i know i'm gonna be all over the place i i don't do accents well and i i can't do impressions because even i did talk to someone who did impressions he's like just try them so i'm like oh i bet i could do donald trump and then i'm i i do it to the microphone i listen to it i'm like Sounds like me trying to do Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. So what what brought you? I mean, uh, how many voices do you say you can do? Uh, I know you can do at least a few Looney Tunes. I know you could uh, apparently do at least a, a, a couple dozen Star Wars characters. Uh, um, how many do you do and how do you go about it? If that makes sense. I How many do I do? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, I, I have no idea. Um, I used to keep a list like, 15 years ago, but then, you know, you get retentive and, you know, you, you keep on looking at it. And I just, I don't, I don't keep a list anymore. Um, how do you go about it? Um, it's, it's, it's different. Um, every character to me is its own breathing person. And that's what I learned, um, you know, from Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc is the guy that, you know, did all the Looney Tunes voices and all the, all those voices. Now I learned from him that you don't do voices, you do characters. Mm. And it's so true because if you have to physically play that character as well, like if you see me behind the microphone, like doing Daffy or, or, or something, I'm trying to really physically play it. Cause when, when you physically play it, you'll be able to hear it in, in the performance. And so how I go about doing a voice is, you know, I, 
I think everyone's different, but um, I think every voice is different. Every person is different. Some some people are close to my voice, like like if I just sat if I just sat here and just did walking like that's like walking is kind of close to my voice. So I could just go to into that. But you know, some voices take longer than others. Some people like you know you have to look at and you have to really focus on. Um, it's, it's, it's just like any, it's just like just like a song that people play. It's just like a song on an instrument. Some songs you know, on the guitar take you like, oh, you could do this, you could do this. But some songs take you a long time. Um, I remember back in in high school. I, I I've I've always loved the Looney Tunes. I've always loved that. I've always loved those those cartoons. And I said, I wanna I wanna get you know I wanna try to see if I can. And it's always like I. I don't say to myself, I want to get this voice. I want to just try to see if I can come close to it. That if I do the character, it, it could be kind of believable, right? So, um, and I thought, you know, I thought Porky Pig was such a challenge because he's doing that, that, that stutter. So yeah. it's like, how, how, can I, how can I harness this? And a lot of people don't know, but the first person that did the voice of Porky Pig wasn't Mel Blanc, it was someone else. But they... They wasted so many, so much footage because he really stuttered. But then they said, mm. "Let's hire Mel Blank, who can kind of control that stutter." So, and then I learned from Bob Bergen the formula for the stutter, and there is a formula. Like if I said the word um, "wallet," it wouldn't just be "wallet." There, there'd be four syllables, and then the word "wallet." There'd be "eh," "eh wa," "eh wa we." Air wallet, air wallet. So it becomes air wallet, air wallet. You know, yeah, there, you know, I from You know, there is, um, there, there is, you know, a formula, and, and to to hear people dissect these voices, I heard Mel Blanc dissect the Bugs Bunny voice, where he said, um. You know, he looked at the picture and he thought, you know, this is a timid character. You know, this is a character who likes to have fun. So he said, um, he said he's a tough little stinker. So he said to himself, who's the toughest accent I know? The Brooklyn or the Bronx. So I put the, put the two of them together and that's how he got the voice for Bugs. Hmm. You know? It's so much easier to, to get the voice when you focus more on the character itself. You know, where the character comes from, you know, his accent, how he how he walks, you know, his personality, and when you do all that, kind of the voice, kind of it, it kind of helps the voice come out. Now, I don't I don't try to do to to me an impression is just like some people look at it and do it. I feel like it's kind of like a sound effect to them, right? They just do the voice. It's it's all it's all about for me getting the person, getting the personality behind that person, um, and that's that's kind of what I focus on is. And that's all just, just you know, looking at someone and just saying, you know, what, I want to try to, I want to try to study this person, trying to see if anything, like as a comedian, like you look at situations and you look at what's funny and what's obviously funny that everyone does, so that everyone can relate to it. It's kind of like that. I yeah, one thing with Porky Pig, I remember, I used to always find it funny, and and I don't know how if this was something I, I don't know if this is a more recent thing like he maybe did in the first space jam or something but where he'd be stumbling over a word that like starts with a p and then 
he would just you knew what he was going to say yeah he couldn't get it out and then he just switched to a completely different word and said it yeah it was like pet, 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 pet. uh good <laughs> yeah <What are> you? <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I, and that's also something that I picked up over time is that the, the humor of these of these characters, yeah. it's just so funny, and it's just something everyone can understand. Um, there was a part in Space Jam where um, where the the Mod Squad gets the uh, the talent of all the people, and they become huge, and Porky looks at, at in the one of the monsters scares Porky, and Porky just looks at him and goes, "I yeah, wet myself." Yes, and it was just just so funny, and it was just so simple, but. It's just wonderful. Yeah. No, that's that's um is there what when you when you start to uh to practice the voice, is it just like you and a microphone, you're just gonna go and you know, do it for an hour or like just try it for as long as you can, then listen to it, or is it literally like I'm gonna say one thing, stop, listen, adjust, and go, you know. You know, I never ever record myself doing voices and listen to it back, um, unless I have unless I, I'm doing a promo for your show or another podcast <laughs> or something else. And you know that that takes me a while um, because I'm I'm a type of guy that I like to do a lot of takes just to make sure like what I'm hearing in my head actually comes out. You know, because because we all know like when you talk and you listen to it back, it sounds different right? It sounds, you think you sound a certain way, but when you hear yourself, it sounds different. Right. So I'll, I'll do like a line of, of Christopher Walken or somebody that I'll do like, the line could be like a sentence long, but I'll do like two minutes of it, just doing it over and over, trying it different ways and, and trying it differently. But um, in terms of a voice, um, for me, it's weird. For me, I like to be able to hear it in my head. Um, I like to watch like watch the cartoon watch the person and keep on watching it and just watching his physicality and watch what he's doing with his body and his, his face sometimes um just keep on watching him and then till I, till we, we we hear it till we get in our heads because we all have voices in our head you know we all can if i ask you to think of bugs bunny saying what's up doc we can imagine that just think yeah. of how many times we have heard that you know, think of how many times we have heard, um, you know, celebrities laughing or, you know, celebrities say different things. Like we, 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 we know what it sounds like. So I kind of just try to watch the cartoons as many times as I can to kind of like, kind of like kind of hear it and to kind of figure out, you know, how he's going about his words and how he's going about things. And even learning from the voice actors how they get into character helps. Mm. Um, you know, Yogi Bear and, and um, Boo -boo. you know, the actor Dawes Butler, he would stick out his chest and he, and when you do that and you kind of get into the character, the voice follows, mm. right? So, so it's, I say it's a combination of a lot of things, but there really isn't no, for me set, you know, I'm going to work on this voice for a month. It just, to me, it's over time. You know, I'm still working on, you know, characters. That, I feel like impressions are ever evolving because yeah. it's not just the voice, it's just the people change. Now, when people do Trump, like sometimes when they start doing Trump and when they, when they you know, do Trump now, it's like a 
completely different person because Trump changes. Right. It's uh, my <laughs> I've, I've I had the dilemma of I'm one of the, the rare people who hears myself talk. And I listen to a recording and I say, yeah, but that's me. I I can hear my that's how I sound. But then if I try to do uh, an impression in my head, it sounds good. And then I listen back. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's me trying to do an impression. That's <laughs> <laughs> my voice being like, eh, wh- whatever, <laughs> whoever. I, I'm like, the, the only impression I can do is if I'm really drunk, I can do like a Joe Biden impression because I'll be like, oh, blah, blah, uh, <laughs> but <yeah>. excuse <laughs> me, excuse me. You don't you don't do the the, the Trump can. Can, can you break off some some Trump? It's it's fantastic. <laughs> let me let me let me see. Um, here I'll, I'll I'll tell you what the uh, what I was trying to do to as a promo to the show. Um, let me right. see if I can. Well, the Jeff Macalino podcast. Uh, it's a great pot. Oh, he didn't vote for me. He's a big loser, loser, big loser. I'm the greatest. He did not vote for me. Do not listen to his podcast. <laughs> And that's, and that's, you just hit on something that's so great about impressions is sometimes you get like the way they speak and you get the words they use. Yeah. And people, the words and people I go, can get. Oh. <laughs> people go, oh, it's, it's him. Yeah. Right. If I bust that out at a party, everyone's going to know I'm trying to do Trump. Because yes. of, uh, he, what a loser. <laughs> yep. 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 And, and that, yep. that little hand gesture that, <laughs> yep. he, that yep. he does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These things. <laughs> You know, I never really worked on a Trump. I started doing Trump when he was president. And I just I just did a voice and I did it for my friends and my mother. And she was she loved it. I don't know why, but she just loved it. And and we have this friend that love that that just hates Trump. Just with, with a passion, she just hates Trump. And I'm always like, give me her number. I want to call her and be like, excuse me, I heard you don't like me. You didn't vote for me. And, <laughs> Uh, but I feel like she would hang up. So, <laughs> probably no. I did. Yeah. Uh, I I could do. I could do a Barack Obama. Like every sentence he started was, "Now listen." Yeah, <laughs> that's how he started every sentence. I felt like in a press conference. Be, now listen. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing else, but I got those. <laughs> uh, look, um, look. Uh, here's the deal. Um, it's it's. I, I think Frank Caliendo put it this way, where it's like his cadence is like. If you're counting to the, if you're counting numbers, it would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Like it would be, we're uh, gonna go to the store, and then come home. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Well, I, and Obama, I never really tried to do much of. He at least has a similar uh, pitch range as I do. It's yeah. like I Pl- could probably do him more naturally than. Plus, you look so. If for those for those people that are listening, you look exactly like him. Basically, you know me and that guy from uh, uh, the Blacklist. Yes, I don't, you, you know we're we're yes. we're triplets, basically separated at birth. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> I was going to try to do Trump, but I forget where he said Obama was born. Not America, right? <laughs> no, I, I think he, he was born in Australia or something. <laughs> I don't know if Donald Trump could tell us. (laughs) He's just not a citizen. He's he's not from here. He's from another planet. Yeah. (laughs) Want the birth certificate. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, Gary, I've kept you a long time. 
um but i had fun we talked about a lot of weird stuff that kind of bounced yeah. all over the place yeah. um before i let you go tell uh tell the listeners uh is there any place they can go to uh to find you uh not physically yeah. online presumably yeah you could find me under your bed <laughs> um uh, <laughs> um between the hours uh you could find me on instagram just uh just search my name instagram.com slash gary Maselli, and you'll find me doing um I do a lot of movie stuff there. I love I love posting about movies and um, I post about all the different interviews I do and stuff like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I will uh, put that link in the show notes below. Uh, and uh, Gary, I'm, I'm sure uh, my listeners will uh, hear your voice uh, again at some point uh, on the podcast. They've, they've probably heard so. it multiple times already by the time they're listening to this. <laughs> maybe they're just like listening to the same thing over and over and over and over again <laughs> yeah, look you, look you never know i do I'll, I'll put out a bonus episode during the holidays when no one listens to podcasts it's just just your thing on a loop <laughs> yeah it's it, it's just me me saying that's all host just like it looks like an hour but it's the same thing just over and over again yeah it's your hey hey man when when um there's a radio station in tampa bay that uh, is still around, but like 20 years ago, they started probably more than 20 years ago and they played the song wild thing by uh, the rap one, not, not the Charlie Sheen one from, oh, okay. from major league. Hey, uh, God dang. Why am I forgetting his name? You know, you, you know what the one I'm talking about, uh, they played that for like two weeks straight. That was the only song they played and everyone listened to it. God, the guy who sings funky Cole Medina. It's going to kill me. I can't it's it's crazy you say that because i remember like well i don't remember but like a long time ago there was only radio there was no cds or anything and they'd say we're gonna play the same song over and over again and everyone was like yeah but now it's like click tone, tone loke tone lock yeah. i don't even know how yeah. you say his name that's the guy <laughs> i had to i had to i had to quickly duck duck go that yeah. trying to change the vernacular not, not use the g word anymore uh <laughs> or as george bush would say you changed the ventricular there you go <laughs> gary thanks so much for coming on man thank you so much for having me jeff absolutely that's it that's all hope you had a ball thank you gary check him out follow him on instagram uh, and hope that you enjoyed the episode. Um, I'll be trying to uh, keep regular on the uh, YouTube at least once a week. And uh, I still have not decided what I'm going to do for December and the first week in January as far as the podcast. I kind of initially had planned on not putting out episodes um, but I don't know. I have too much fun recording them. So I'll probably keep the once a week going. I know I did twice a week or I did two last week with Calvin and, uh, Wajid. I did that really. One of the other reasons is I recorded those like a month before and I just, uh, more Wajid maybe than, than Calvin, but it was a combo of things. <clears throat> the other thing is I wanted to see how the audience, it's been a while, I think, since I put out two episodes. I might be wrong about that, but 
I wanted to see how the audience would uh, respond to two episodes in a week. And uh, I'm recording this a couple days after putting out Wajid's episode, and it looks pretty good. Um, so maybe eventually I'll switch to uh, to a two-a-week format. I've uh, been debating, trying to make some minor changes. But hey, if you have any strong opinions, you are more than free to voice them. And you can voice them by emailing me through my website, jeffmacalino.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Minds at St. J. Mac. You can uh, follow the Facebook page for the Jeff Macalino podcast. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. <clears throat> I'm giving all the plugs. Um, I've given up even trying to do TikTok. It, 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 it hurts my soul. Uh, to do it. I did solve a crime because I still have Snapchat uh, on my phone. Um, I think I'm at St. J. Mac there. I don't care if you add me and send me shit. I don't care. Uh, I probably won't look at it. Actually, I'm OCD about notifications, and that's how I solved a crime. Um, I probably shouldn't speak about that on the podcast because I've got to get some details to the police. Um, but uh, not that fascinating of a story. But I felt like Liam Neeson in Taken, just not nearly as high stakes. Um, <laughs> so, hey, I appreciate a follow on all the social medias. Uh, if you're on Apple listening to this, please go drop down and give me a five-star rating or Spotify. I have way more ratings on Spotify, so you Apple iPhone people need to pick it up. If you don't listen on your iPhone, if you're like me and you listen to it on Spotify, on your iPhone, you can still go onto your iPhone and give the show a rating. And those are very uh, appreciated. Thank you in advance for that. You can rate me on IMDb as well. Um, I think that about sums it up. Uh, I hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I will see you back next week with a guest who is phenomenal. Mary Beth Robinson, uh, she has a whole business, but she uh, tells me, she does a, a superhero reading on me, um, so I was kind of skeptical about it, and uh, you know, I, people will probably, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. I, I thought there were some things in there, the way they were worded, that were very specific to me. Uh, but again, I think, you know, you make up your own, make up your own mind, but some very good stuff, uh, regardless, I, you know, it's one of those, she's one of those lovely people who I would say, regardless of whether you believe everything she says, um, and I'm not saying I don't, to be clear, uh, she had me buying what she was selling. However, <clears throat> even if you don't, it's still fascinating to hear. Um, kind of in the vein of, of, you know, Suzanne Munson talking about the metaphysical Thomas Jefferson and all this stuff. So, uh, very fun. Hope you enjoy that one. That'll be the Monday after Thanksgiving. And, uh, I think that's my only other episode I have recorded. So I guess I got to schedule some people if I want to put out episodes in December. Um, I had so many in the can that I, I, I took it easy, but that's typically how it goes. Um, so. 
it's good times. It's, it's, it's how I, it's how I make friends is record podcasts with people. Uh, and I consider all my listeners, my friends, unless you're crazy stalker person. Um, I don't think I'm there yet, but <laughs> I just watched a movie with, uh, Aubrey Plaza called Ingrid goes West. And I'm like, Oh shit. That's some disturbing stuff a little bit. Um, and that's why I only use Instagram as promo for my podcast. I don't, you know, browse through photos. So don't feel offended if I don't like your photos. I'm just guarantee I didn't see them or I didn't like them, you know, one or the other. I don't know. All right. Boom. It's over.